Hello everyone, James from Comedy Sock here, and I just wanted to give you a quick introduction to what this podcast is about. Now, obviously, you're all very aware of the worldly situation right now, and one admittedly trivial side effect of that is that we, as a university comedy society, will be unable to put on shows in person for the foreseeable future. So, in order to combat our self-isolating blues, we're putting together a series of shows from panel games, sketches, comedy discussions and the like, to keep us all sane and you all entertained in these trying times. Now, unfortunately, as a caveat for these early episodes, we are all essentially recording these in separate caves. Uh, We are in the process of getting better mics delivered, but as you can appreciate, those may take some time to arrive, and we're a little bit limited on the numbers. Uh, So for now, the audio quality will be jumping around a little bit. So uh, apologies for that, but hopefully things should be getting a little better very soon. Until then, though, thank you very much for listening, and enjoy the podcast. Since the beginning of recorded history, humans have found great pleasure in the art of storytelling. Indeed, many ancient civilizations are defined by the great works of writing they have created. Greece made the Odyssey, Mesopotamia made Gilgamesh, Anglo-Saxons made Beowulf. One can even consider history itself to be a story. Our story. However, when pressed for a modern piece of writing that would rival these ancient epics, most people would falter. That is, until 2007, when Beast Quest was written. Beast Quest is a children's book series authored by the enigmatic Adam Blade. At the time of recording, the series spans over 130 books at approximately 60 pages each. For those of you who are taking a Bachelor of Arts such as myself, that works out to be about 7,800 pages total, making Beast Quest six times greater than the Bible in terms of length and cultural significance. However, no critical analysis of this epic exists, perhaps because of the sheer scope of the art is too broad for any one person to understand, or perhaps because it is a book written for children. My name is Kieran Coburn, and today, along with three other guests, humanity will take its first steps into understanding Beast Quest. First, we have Chris Wilkinson. Chris, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? Um, I'm not too bad either. Uh, it turns out I don't know how to say Mesopotamia. Um, <laughs> but we're, we're getting there. What, what books were you reading in, in 2007? I, oh fuck, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> you, couldn't, you couldn't name one. I mean, I, I was probably like getting through Harry Potter at some point during that period. Getting period. through Harry Potter at some point. Yeah. Weren't we all? Yeah. Another, another English um, series of books. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with, with Harry Potter, it's like Beast Quest, but uh, with a few less beasts. And less magic. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, I'm joined by Sophie Wagstaff. Sophie, uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. Um, I, I, you've already said you're doing well, so I won't ask. Um, uh, yeah, that's that's very very good. We're we're keeping it brief here. Uh, do you remember what books you were reading in 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 2007? Um, I know it wasn't Harry Potter because it wasn't Harry Potter. No, because I wasn't at that reading level yet. <laughs> yeah, you would have been. What you were? What five in 2007? Seven? Yeah. What? I would have been seven in 2007, and you're younger than me. Well, I was born in 2000, so... So Look, in 2000. if you didn't read seven. Beast Quest, I, I'm sorry, but I just don't <laughs> care. Uh, <laughs> okay. Last but not least, we're joined by Ted Cartwright. Ted, how are you doing today? 
I'm fantastic. Thank you, Kieran. Fantastic. Guys, you've got to step your game up. Ted's doing fantastic. The rest of you are just fine. Uh, Ted, please, please tell oh, me God. you can name one book that you read in 2007. I have some fantastic news for you, Kieran. I am right now sitting in my childhood bedroom and my bookshelf is right in front of me. Oh, perfect. Just, just list one off then. <laughs> and it has no books on it. <laughs> It's well. It's mostly box sets of Thirty Rock. So <laughs> there's a copy of The Northern Lights by Philip Pullman on there. Mm, good, good, good book series. Um, I would describe mm. it as a, a bit one. like Beast Quest, but with with less beasts and more Catholic imagery in it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, for anyone who is reading along at home, first of all, what the fuck is wrong with you? Uh, and second of all. Today we'll be reviewing the first in the series, Beast Quest, Ferno the Fire Dragon. Uh, I, I consider this to, to, to be the best in, in the series. Uh, also, more importantly, um, we are actually reading the American version of the book. Uh, Beast Quest is a British series, uh, and the American publication is more or less the same. Um, the chapters are titled differently, and, and they occur at different parts. Um, but the, the biggest difference is the illustrations in the American version are so ugly. Yes, yeah. Uh, I, I want to know what, 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 what you guys think about our, our main hero who has a bowl cut. Height <laughs> of fashion. It's very I modern, say. I think. I, I, I quite like our, our main hero's nice modern bob because it's basically the haircut I currently have in quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're going to go through chapter by chapter um, and, and give our, our, our thoughts. I don't know about you guys, but I took notes um, while reading this. And mm -hmm. I got about five or six pages of oh my god <laughs> here in front of wow. me. Wow, yeah. feeling underprepared yeah. right now. <laughs> well, all of my notes are just highlighted <laughs> lines with like what underneath. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start off. The, the book starts with a prologue. The very first line of the book it goes: Caldor the Brave stood at the foot of the misty mountain. There's a man. Who is he? He's Caldor. What's he like? He's brave. Perfect. You need no more information than that. But uh, as, as the chapter progresses, it turns out that the mountain is not, in fact, a mountain, but it was a dragon. <laughs> Cowboy's an idiot. <laughs> Cowboy is so dumb. <laughs> I mean, there was there were a few things that I'm like, okay, come on, Caldor. Obviously, this isn't a mountain. He he describes the mountain as being as slippery as glass. <laughs> and then uh, two pages in, I I really like in the second page, uh, we have a first usage of the word beast, and also our first usage of the word quest. As Caldor exclaims, "I have failed my quest." Uh, then that's it. That's the that's the end of the beast quest. Thank you guys so much for joining me. No, uh, Caldor gets incinerated by the the dragon, and his little squire runs off. And then we we get into the real meat of the story with with chapter one, where we um we meet our hero Tom. What, what, what do you guys think of okay, Tom? Okay, so we had uh, a great first name in the book, Caldor. That sounds so like quest like, and then the main guy <laughs> is called Tom. <laughs> This is, I think, the names in this book. I don't know if, if you guys picked up on it, but they follow that pattern where it'll be Caldor, Tom, Grunthrek, <laughs> David. Yeah. All the main characters, the ones that the kids have to remember, are called, like, Reggie. And then, like, just to throw in some, like, fantasy flair, the characters that get mentioned once are, you know, 
Drumstrag. And it's like, oh, okay. Tom is doing a delivery to a farm, I believe it is. Um, and he says, one day I'll be the finest swordsman in all of the kingdom, even better than my father, Taladon the Swift. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he, he figures out the forest is on fire, or, or the wheat field and the farm, I should say, is on fire. And um, does anyone remember the, the, the farmer's name? Because I remember it was um, a particularly fantasy. Yes, I think it's Farmer Gretlin. 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 Yeah. So yeah. This is the thing I wanted to talk about. In the English version, he's just the farmer. That's so weird. Why would they change that? Look, because in America, I don't know about you, but in, in America, everyone has a freedom to have a name. But, but in the UK, you could just be mad. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's pretty much the whole chapter. Uh, what incredible pacing. It's, mm -hmm. it's the fastest book I've ever read, I think. Like, yes, certainly. Everything happens so quickly. Yes. I'll come onto it later because it like really happens later, but everything is so fast. Yes. yes. It's like when yeah. you're reading a book and for effect, the author has a really short chapter, you know, sandwiched between two really long chapters. It's like that, but every chapter is the really short chapter. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's the end of the first chapter. Then we move on to chapter two, a real quest. Uh, so Tom returns to tell his uncle, and, and his uncle calls a meeting with the whole village because things keep setting on fire, apparently. Someone's horses got completely incinerated down to the bone. Oh, no. That, that was one of a couple things in this book where I was like, yo, this is quite, like, this is quite dark for a, a children's book. Yeah. Like, the description of the horses being burnt to the bone is quite intense yeah it really jumps around from all areas of fantasy to the in incredibly dark and the incredibly generic kind yes. of without yes. mm -hmm. without second thought yeah it it's it's a very strong opening um where we get like half a page of tom being himself and then suddenly everything's on fire and horses have melted yeah um, <laughs> And yeah, even even then, so his, his uncle's talking to the villagers, saying someone's got to go talk to the king. Tom goes, I'll do it, because he yearns for adventure. His uncle says no. And then another another person comes and goes, yo, my house is on fire literally right now. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he comes running in. This causes Tom's uncle to, to change his mind, and he, he lets Tom go off to, to see the king. Because someone's house got on fire. In the quickest, like, turnaround ever, he goes from absolutely not to, ah, fine, in, like, two mm -hmm. seconds. Legitimately, I, I spent more time explaining it, you know, secondhand than it actually took in the book. <laughs> it's like 50 words. <laughs> it's less. Also, I really liked that when the guy runs up and he's like, my house is on fire, Tom's uncle is like, everyone, go to the river and get water. But um, the river is dried up. <laughs> what spoilers um so they're like go to the river get water other people bring spades and then i quote if we can't quench the fire we'll bury it in mud it's like that's a man's house <laughs> it doesn't mess around with law does it no it Absolutely just not. chucks you straight in you learn as you go yeah. Look, there's a guy called Tom, uh, his dad was cool, everything is on fire. Yeah, like, at this point I don't blame Tom for wanting to leave the village. Uh, no, no. Actually, in, in chapter three, he does. The chapter is called Whispers of Beasts. So it takes Tom about half a page to get from his village to the city. It, oh my god. 
<laughs> the speed. Two paragraphs. And then it, it made me laugh so much because he's like literally half a page and then he's like, he was at the city at last. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. It's very much the, the antithesis to the, the Hobbit, isn't it? Where that's all about the journey. And here's like, no, he, he gets there. He leaves <laughs> and then he's there. <laughs> Yeah, the, the real adventure was the adventure. It was not the journey. <laughs> it's like the the literary equivalent of going from club to club. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, yeah. When when Tom does get to the city, it turns out that tons of people um need help actually because everything everywhere is on fire. Um, or actually, that's not true. Um, they mention, they, they, they start planting the seeds for the sequels now. Uh, I don't know if you picked up on this, um, but they mention blizzards in the north and tsunamis yes. in the west. I wonder what's causing those. <laughs> Chris, you were said you were, you, were, you were looking at the, the other books um, just before I this. I was, I was. Do you remember the, the names of the next two beasts? Uh, I, I, I still have the, the page open. Uh, Sepron, the sea serpent, yep. and Arcta, the mountain giant. Those are, like, the least interesting ones <laughs> out of all of these books. Uh, what, what do you think your favourite named beast is? Well, I really like that they, they... A lot of them are, like, mythical beasts, obviously, from previous mythologies. Um, but they don't want to use, like, the complicated names because they're for kids. So book four is just Tagnus the Horseman. Um, And then one of them's clearly a yeti, and that's just Nanook the Snow Monster. They have a mountain giant and a snow monster in in the first series of of, of book. I know, like, way to repeat yourself, guys. (laughs) Yeah, way to set yourself up for the 20 other series that come after this. So uh, he he arrives in the city. They they mention, look, this thing's happening in the second book with Sepron the Sea Serpent. (laughs) <laughs> and he gets to the, the front of the line. Or, or no, he's not quite at the front of the line. He's, he's a few back. And do you guys remember? This This like, stuck out to me as like the most jarring part of the whole book. The the exchange between the clerk who's helping everyone and, and the man who's like, I've lost everything. Yeah. So it, he, this, this man gets to the front of the line and he's like, I need help. We're all doomed. And he's like, did you say you're from the village of we're all doomed? Yeah. He's <laughs> like... My wife and kids are dead, sir. Please. <laughs> mm, I've never heard of wife and kids are dead. It, it, it's so strange. Honestly, this whole this whole chapter was really bizarre. It once once the book gets to the dragon, I I will go out on a limb. I will say once we get to the dragon, I actually began to enjoy this book. <laughs> like, and I, I thought it was decent. Yeah, yeah. Like, we'll, we'll the get, lead we'll up is there. really bad. The dragon fight is only yes. a little bad. Um, I think it's well paced, okay? Assuming. <laughs> okay. And that's pretty much the end of, of the third chapter. Nothing really happens. Well, actually, did you notice that there was... So there's this old woman who's like, um, the kingdom's in danger, the beasts have done this. And then everyone else is like, oh, the beasts, they're just a myth. You must be joking. Um, they're stories to scare the kids. And then like, everyone's like, well, sorry, the woman says, uh, if, no one, if no one believes the beasts, how will we ever stop them? <laughs> and, then, and then she says, something, has ev- something evil has disturbed the beasts this time, and then vanishes. And Tom's like, did you see her? Where'd she go? And then the man's just like, who cares? <laughs> this lady just 
like gave a prophecy and and she never comes back. And then it's never brought up again. <laughs> she never comes back. I completely forgot about that. She she just vanishes and no one cares. <laughs> Like, maybe she's just meant to, like, fade into the crowd, but it's literally written like she disappears in a puff of smoke and then no one cares. It's, it's, it's strange. And then that, that's the end of the chapter. Yeah. This, this woman vanishes, and, and that's all that's happened. Um, and then we, we get to chapter four, the court of the king. Tom is fed up with, with standing in line, so he pretends to, to work in, in the palace in order to sneak in, uh, which is... I, I thought this bit really sucked. I'm not even gonna lie. This was this was one of my least favorite chapters. It's so easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The security it... on this place is absolutely terrible. Yeah, I I I did notice the line. What I need is an open window or an unlocked door. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Just teaching kids how to break into homes. Or not that's even break in. If it's an unlocked door, I think you. You can in. just walk in. Yeah. The reason this is my least favorite chapter isn't isn't because of how easy it was for him to sneak in. It's because when he sneaks in, he meets the chef, who is called Cook. <laughs> <laughs> the, the chef called Cook. I mean, when you're called Cook, what mm. else can you do, really? Yes. If your name is Chef Cook, then chef Cook. your whole life has pretty much been determined for you, hasn't it? Yes, oh, from, from birth. And then uh, Cook gives Tom a meal, not for him to eat, but to give to the king. And, and Tom walks into the room. He, he's finally there to the king. And in this two and a half goes, pages. Yeah, in two and a half pages. <laughs> and then he goes, gee, I sure hope he doesn't throw me in the dungeon. What? Yeah. Do you think that was a realistic concern for actual medieval people back in the day, being thrown into a dungeon without trial? Because this has to come from somewhere, right? Yeah, well, to be honest, I don't know if 2007's Beast Quest for another fire dragon was incredibly well researched. No, mm. I think I think they would find that there were no dragons. Yes. What? <laughs> but there were dungeons, though. There were there were dungeons. And then we, we meet my least favorite character. It's not actually Cook. It's Aduro the Wizard, because Tom thinks, "Hmm, that man's dressed like a wizard." And then the wizard goes, "That's right, I'm a wizard." This dirty old pervert <laughs> reading this child's mind. It's so upsetting to me. Like it happens multiple times where Tom will like, have a private thought, like, this fits really well. And the wizard goes, Of course it does. I made it for you. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> I hate him so much. Yeah, he's really gross. But yeah, um, the squire from the prologue arrives uh, and announces that Caldor the Brave is dead by dragon. And that ends the fourth chapter. Then we, we enter chapter five, secret in the fire. I don't think I ever figured out what the secret in the fire was, um, but it, it does sound pretty I don't think there cool. is one. I didn't notice that that was the name of the chapter. Oh, yeah. No, I actually had a note about something happened with a fire. Um, it like turned a different color and I was like, why? Why, why does it need to do that? <laughs> oh, yes, yes. So yeah, Tom, Tom uh, hides as the, the room is cleared out so that the, the, the secret meeting can occur of, of what I presume is the medieval Illuminati, comprised of uh, the king, the perverted wizard, and sub several other rich lords. And they mention that there's a dark wizard called Malvel, who has placed an evil spell on the beasts. And that's so surprising that, that Tom audibly gasps and gives away his position. I feel like I've read this before in... 
more than one other series of books. When was the last time someone said something surprising and you audibly gasped? I, I don't think I've ever actually audibly gasped. Uh, regardless, Tom does audibly gasp. Uh, yeah. And the, the, the guards immediately try to, to pounce on him, but he dodges them. I'm fairly sure it's the king. Someone says, you're Taladon's son, aren't you? And then suddenly it's all chill. Um, no one cares because his dad was cool. Ah. Uh, yeah, this is when they take out the magical fire <laughs> and they, they hold the fire to him. Yeah, that's the biggest mood shift. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the pervert wizard <laughs> is like... I know who your dad is based purely on your inner thoughts that I'm constantly listening to. They, they, they say that the beasts are real. Uh, they can only free the beasts one at a time. And people are not allowed to know about the beasts. Otherwise, the beasts stop working. They really did a lot of setting up in, in this one, didn't they? Yeah. You, it makes you wonder if they put as yeah. much effort into setting up this book as they did the next 199. Maybe we'd have more of a book to read right now instead of uh, a series of events that Tom is a part of. <laughs> so uh, I mentioned um, Adam Blade in, in the intro. Uh, Adam Blade is not a person. Adam Blade is actually several people writing under one name. Yes. Do you think they all meet up all at once, like the six of them around a table in a dark room, and they kind yeah. of figure out what they're going to do next? <laughs> and they like flip a number of coins and it decides what noun precedes the name of whatever animal they're going to write the next Beast Quest book about. Mm -hmm. So it's either the snow monster or the fire bird or, you know, they spin the wheel and it's like the sand snake. Wow. Why aren't you writing these? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Arthok the Sand Snake written by Ted Cartwright? What? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm realizing now that I have actually committed plagiarism. What have you done? Because I'm remembering that the Sand Snakes are characters in Game of Thrones. That ah, oh, not again. <laughs> I actually think Game of Thrones plagiarized a lot from Beast Quest. A lot of the the story points are quite similar. Uh, actually, yes. It the more out. you think about it, the more you think. I think George R. R. Martin borrowed a lot of concepts from Beast Quest. Is George R. R. Martin really Adam Blade? Mm, he could be. He could, he could have written one of these. Who knows? <laughs> yes. Do you think he's waiting to write the next Game of Thrones book because he's waiting for another Beast Quest book to come out? He's like, run he out needs of another ideas. 50. <laughs> for every like Game of Thrones book, he needs 50 Beast Quest books to take from. And once he has those, there's another book. Uh, when, when the next Game of Thrones book is published and we see Morax the Wrecking Menace, <laughs> then we'll know. <laughs> then. then we'll know. Then we'll know. Uh, yes, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll close off this chapter with probably my favorite line from the book, which is, will you risk your life on the Beast Quest? <laughs> Roll credits. I actually out loud was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Also, this is a little boy. He's a little boy, and they're like, "Go! Our finest warrior has just been like, yeah, <laughs> burnt to death by this dragon." Send the boy. <laughs> yeah, and I'm also reading that in the dialogue where he says, "Will you risk your life on the Beast Quest?" Beast Quest is capitalized. Yes. <laughs> so does the king know? Is aware of the book? Absolutely. <laughs> because I'm imagining Tom replying, "Why did you capitalize Beast Quest?" <laughs> is this something preordained? I think the, the king and the wizard are like, okay, we need to have a beast quest. I'm really bored. And so they're just like, 
Find any child that shows up. <laughs> Ship him off. One who might be swift or young. <laughs> Will you risk your life in the Suicide Squad? <laughs> Tom uh, obviously agrees to risk his life in the Beast Quest. Uh, and we move, move on to Chapter 6, Gathering Storm. Um, so, Aduro the wizard returns and, and, and reads Tom's mind again. This is the bit where Tom's like, it, it, genuinely, I'm not making it up. Tom's like, wow, they gave me chainmail and it fits perfectly. And the wizard goes, of course it fits perfectly. I told them how to make it. Yeah, I, I didn't like it. <laughs> it's very unsettling. Yeah, it's very creepy. <laughs> that, if that's not bad enough, mm -hmm. the wizard gives the child a sword. Mm. I think what I was more concerned about, Kieran, is that he gave him a sword and a wooden shield. Against yeah. a fire dragon? <laughs> Which seems like the worst thing you could possibly give him. Did you guys pick up on uh, how he, like, he puts the chainmail on and then he puts a, a, a plain grey tabard over the chainmail and then it's like, after all, my quest is a secret. But all I can imagine is, like, this kind of weird, like, huge-shouldered, like, lumpy boy. <laughs> he, like, clinks through the town. <laughs> <laughs> What's that noise? <laughs> the, the wizard also gives him a magical map. It's, it's <laughs> like I said, Harry Potter just, just stole from this. It completely stole from it. It's true. I think that Harry Potter predates Beast Quest, if I'm being honest. Yeah, so does Game of Thrones, but that didn't stop us. <laughs> I'm almost starting to think that it's the other way around. And that it's Beast Quest. That you shut your mouth, Ted. Ted, shut, Ted, shut no your No way. I will not have no. you slander the good name of Adam Blade. Not in my house, okay? Am I, am I right in saying that with this magical map, like, if you touch a river on the map, like, your finger gets a little bit wet, or, like, yes. if you touch a mountain, like, it gets a little bit snowy. That, that, that's how like, it works, yeah. This is a terrible, this is a, a wet map. <laughs> like, if, if, if he had looked at this map when uh, Gretlin's fire, uh, farm was on fire, yeah. would he just have a burning map? I, I believe so. The bad map. <laughs> oh, another thing yeah. about the map is, um, if it can show you like everything, how has it not showed these people that the mountain is the dragon? Yeah! And um, why did they not brief Tom on this detail? Yeah, you would imagine there was a, where you were expecting a mountain range to be, there's just a massive dragon yeah. over there. I think the, the scale of the dragon, um, as we will soon discover, changes a lot in this book. <laughs> yeah. They say it's as big as a mountain, but it, it's definitely not. He also gets his horse, yeah. Storm the Horse. Uh, he then rides Storm the Horse, uh, which uh, he rides Storm the Horse into, into a forest, um, and he almost gets attacked by a wolf, uh, and, and that's the end of chapter oh, six. Oh no. Yeah. A cliffhanger. I was just thinking that. Um, how many children do you think they've sent on a beast quest? <laughs> because I'm thinking that Tom has chainmail that fits perfectly for him, and oh, no. a sword, and a shield. How many children <laughs> the size of Tom have been sent? And each time they think, oh, finally, we have a child, the first one. Go, Tom, be the hero. I hope this Are one comes back. Are you insinuating? that they pulled this chain of mail off of the burnt corpse of a dead child. 
<laughs> Essentially, yes. yes. <laughs> I, I just imagine that they like magicked him up a nice chainmail overnight, and Ted's over here thinking that this is like some <laughs> dead child's old clothes. What? What are the chances? What are the percentages behind sending a child to defeat a dragon that's the size of a mountain, or sometimes not, if need be? I'm, I'm with Ted on this. I do not trust this wizard as far as I could throw him. I, this man needs to yeah. be locked up. He needs to be thrown in the dungeons. Uh, and then it turns out that the, the wolf that almost attacked them wasn't attacking them, but was attacking other people. And this is, this is my favorite bo- uh, bit in, in the whole book, is um, these other people try to shoot an arrow at the wolf, but Tom throws his sword in such a manner to cut the arrow in half in midair. <gasps> uh, it was the coolest shit. He is a child. Incredible. <laughs> He's never held a sword before. Yeah, this is the same child that was, like, stabbing a hay bale with, like, a fire poker in the start of this book. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And now he's, like... Master swordsman. Yeah, a master swordsman. Uh, Yes. Yeah, well, Chris, you have to understand, his his father, who he never met, was Taladon the Swift. Oh, yeah. I feel like this book takes genetics really far. (laughs) Then the wolf runs away, and he chases it. uh, And it turns out the wolf is... is, um, owned by someone called uh, Elena. Tom tells Elena about his extremely classified secret quest almost immediately. Yeah, I believe Tom was told, don't tell anyone about the beasts. And then the first person he meets is like, the beasts are back. (laughs) So. Yeah, but she's trustworthy because she's got a wolf. That is true. She's a hot girl with a wolf. Who wouldn't trust her? Um, And it turns out his his trust is well-placed because she decides to help. They, they exchange eight words, and now they're quest pals. Uh, I think she said, ah, another one. Hopefully you make it. <laughs> <laughs> please, please, I've seen so many kids die. Do not go fight that dragon. <laughs> ah, the king sent another boy to be murdered. <laughs> well, you gotta make a living. Come on, Tom. Oh, um, there was another point in here where when he's, he's riding Storm, and he, he ex- describes them as being swift. How many people in this place are swift? Horse and dad, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> no one else is swift. Horse and dad. I think, I think, I think horse and dad is, the, is Comedy Sock's new big sketch duo. <laughs> uh, the final lines of the chapter, um, Tom remembers back to something that the pervert wizard said um, about how he will find allies in the strangest of places and in the unlikeliest of forms. And then he says, the wizard was right. Um, like finding a woman is like <laughs> a, a competent woman is, uh, what an unlikely event the wizard is sexist as well <laughs> yeah the wizard just is, is not a role model uh, oh, he's terrible oh, I want I want to say like actually I, I don't know if I'm remembering this correctly he may or may not be Malvel in disguise I think that's me. I was thinking that because, like, maybe it's just like I want to fuck around, and and this this child can go kill yeah, stuff. Yeah, I um, I might be projecting yeah. my own current dislike for this dirty old man yeah. <laughs> onto what I barely remember from my childhood. But he may or may not be the evil wizard using magic to disguise himself. I wouldn't mm. be surprised. That brings us to the end of chapter seven, uh, and now we go on to chapter eight: the dawn of the dragon. The I was very disappointed with how little dragon was in a book called Ferno the Fire Dragon. 
two chapters yeah. of eight dragon. of ten yeah of no dragon <laughs> yeah well he's not even in the in the 10th chapter he's, he's spoilers they beat him by the 10th chapter he's gone oh yeah you're right he's literally in nothing <laughs> <laughs> he's in the prologue we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves um tom and elena uh, oh elaine oh <laughs> uh, sorry that was... oh my god <laughs> that better not make the final cut it's gonna make the cut we know it <laughs> Tom, Tom and Eleanor find a river that has been dammed up by some rocks. It turns out the rocks are the dragon. A shocking <laughs> reveal. <laughs> the first time they did it, I'm like, oh shit, the mountain was the dragon. This time, I'm like, yeah, of course the rocks were the dragon. The rocks were the dragon last time. Yeah, they should have just like left them just waiting there and it's been like, that's obviously a dragon. Nothing special about it. Let's just go <laughs> Two children. It. Two children kicking rocks. Yeah. They're like, this is the dragon. I know it is. <laughs> so yeah, they, the rocks were the dragon. Elena exclaims, that dragon is as tall as a mountain. In case we forgot. <laughs> but now we get into the, the action sequence, um, which I have summarized as dragon attacks Tom, wolf bites dragon, dragon yeets wolf, <laughs> Elena upset. That's it. That's that, basically that is it. everything you need to know. That was chapter eight pretty much summed up entirely yeah does anyone have anything else they want to add or it's solid it's a solid sequence yeah yeah i have i mean the the description of uh the dragon's enchanted collar with the <laughs> glowing padlock how the way that this evil wizard is controlling the beasts is with an enchanted collar i, I don't think we mentioned it i think it's goofy as hell <laughs> they have a gold padlock around their neck and then i imagine tom has the biggest key a mountain-sized key that he's dragging around with him. <laughs> I'm I'm going to confess that before reading this first Beast Quest book, I didn't know what a padlock was. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. What? <laughs> I mean, obviously, I'd, I'd seen a padlock, but I'd never gone, that's a padlock. I always went, that's a lock. And it wasn't until I read Beast Quest, I'm like, what's a fucking padlock although i probably didn't say that i was seven yeah oh you uh, were seven what's a padlock yeah, I was oh seven. i thought it you were talking about like six months ago when you first read this book no. Beast Quest book. <laughs> my god i was so worried i didn't sense. know what to say uh, that makes more sense <laughs> I, I i wasn't gonna make a joke about it i thought that, that was a strange thing to admit on a podcast Went a year old Kieran not knowing what a lock is. I think reading Beast Quest as a child did make me stupider, so I don't blame <laughs> you for assuming that. But yeah, that's the end of the chapter. Um, that 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 little exchange there between dragon, wolf, man, and woman, and padlock, and padlock, of course. Uh, <laughs> who can forget? Sorry, what what are you talking about, Ted? <laughs> anyway, we get to chapter nine, final combat. Uh, I'd like to point out it's the same combat as the first combat. It's the only yes, combat. It's the... <laughs> Oh no! Yes, actually, he did throw his sword and cut Nato in half. Oh, so this true. is the second and final combat. Oh, what about uh, what about Kaldor's combat? I don't think Kaldor did much combat. <laughs> it sounds like no, he, he just he, he got just incinerated. Took it. He, just, he was like, you know what? I'm out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is it ever like explicitly mentioned in text that Kaldor isn't like another ten year old boy? <laughs> like <the previous> one? <laughs> you know that Thomas succeeded. <laughs> you are Kaldor the Brave, but he's like, I'm what? <laughs> <laughs> the council has decided, take this chain mail. <laughs> but I'm just the kitchen boy. Mr. Adjuro, Mr. Adjuro, <laughs> what's a padlock? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you shall discover many things on this quest, cow. <laughs> Women, for one. Now go. <laughs> so the dragon breathes fire at the wolf and Eleanor. Tom blocks it with his wooden shield. Of course. Uh, it doesn't actually just block the fire. Yes. It rebounds the yeah. fire. <laughs> A wooden shield yeets the fire back at the dragon. And it hurts the dragon. I thought the dragon would have been fireproof. Yeah, he is so. a fire dragon, so, like, why is he not? Yeah. You know, I don't think they really they really yeah. thought this one through. It is mm. the first one. Like, They, they get better, guys. <laughs> I promise. They get better. Yeah, just wait till you get to a quarter the all-seeing ape. That's when you know it's true. <laughs> is that a real one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the all-seeing ape. Oh, sorry. It's not out yet. 2020, oh, though. It's just a monkey that can see things. <laughs> yeah, and I think given that this is the conflict that leads up to the entire book, the fact that chapter 8 is called Dawn of the Dragon and chapter 9 is called Final Combat, it gives you a bit of an idea of what's going <laughs> yeah. on. It's very much a beginning and end in the contents page. Since it is like uh, the precursor to, to the whole series, they could have just made this the last five chapters and just said, here, read this if you want to, you don't need to, but just here's a little bit of context. <laughs> yes, yeah. not much context. No. If you want to read eight pages of a little boy fighting a dragon, yeah. here you go. And he, he decides to fight this dragon by charging it on horseback. He then jumps onto its wing off of the back of his horse, from the wing, jumps onto the neck, uh, because this, this dragon is probably a bit smaller than a mountain, actually, if okay. this is the case. Uh, and then he drops the key. Oh, oh no. Oh no. But then, not to worry, uh, Eleanor picks up the key, attaches it to an arrow, and shoots it into Tom's shield. She uses to unlock the collar. I'm, I'm pretty glad this happened because otherwise she would have done nothing this entire book. Yeah. Yeah, she entirely redeems herself by the fact that she gets yeeted in chapter nine, in chapter eight, sorry. Um, and then she comes back to save the day, riding her wolf, which I think is unbelievably cool. Anyway, um, it turns out that unlocking the collar, it makes Sperno a good guy again, and he just flies away. That's it. What? What? That was what? the no, doesn't he, he, he moves some rocks, and then the river comes back. Oh, that's true, yes. There were some rocks blocking the river. And it must be said that continuing the theme of doing a fantastic job of setting up the remaining 199 Beast Quest novels, Tom shouts out into the air, or into the sunlight, as it is said in text, <laughs> I won't rest until all the beasts are free again. <laughs> that's, like, that's a bold promise to make um, when you don't know it is a bold exactly promise. how many beasts there are. <laughs> yeah, he only like the he beasts didn't know that there were 199. Yeah. <laughs> He only learned that the beasts were real like two days ago, so... Yeah. <laughs> I won't rest yeah. until I've freed all beasts, all six of them. And then the wizard's like, bro, <laughs> I hate to break it to oh, you. Man. There will be beasts for as long as there are children reading these books. As long as there are children who can go free the beasts. <laughs> in, case the, in case this fictional universe runs out of kids <laughs> to send. It's like James Bond, where each subsequent book is a different Tom, but they all go by the name Tom. Yeah. Because yes. <laughs> I was just about to say, do you think that Tom ages? He doesn't. So, so he's feasibly felled these 199 beasts or whatever <laughs> in like a week. <laughs> so, it's just powering through. Yeah, 
Pretty much. Well, like the yeah. the next beast he fights, uh, it, you know, it's alluded to at the next chapter, uh, chapter ten, the beginning, which is an odd chapter to put at the end of a book. Aduro appears mm. in the map like a little hologram thing, and he reveals that he has a jewel that lets him see throughout the entire kingdom because he's a pervert. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this man is a very bad <laughs> wizard. Yeah. Also, he says like, remember that jewel I wear. No, I don't remember that small detail. <laughs> uh, please tell me that's jewel spelt with two U's and an L. <laughs> he like he like rips a fat cloud and then he sees like what's going on in the kingdom in the vape fog. <laughs> the wizard announces he must follow the next steps on his beast quest. Again, capitalized. Instead of going home, the wizard asks them to continue, and he says, and I, <laughs> I love this quote. Your families will accept your absence more easily than you might expect. <laughs> your families hate you, kids. They hate you and want you away. This dirty old man kidnaps these kids and then tells them that their parents don't care. God. Uh, we have twisted Beast Quest into a horrific, like, dark, twisted vision. Look, Chris, it was all there. It, it was all in the book already. <laughs> it just took... <laughs> <laughs> bored 20 year old adults to piece those bits together <laughs> but in terms of literary content that's that's the whole book we're we're done incredible i think we gave it a lot of shit but it's a solid book yes it's it's fine it is yeah uh we can't hold yeah. it to too high a standard there's a a quote on the wiki uh from the observer and, and they refer to the books as almost certainly a work of publishing, if not quite literary genius. <laughs> <laughs> and that is fair. That is a very good point. Would you mind if I if I have a quick aside about Sequest? Oh, please go ahead. So Sequest is a sort of a companion series to Beast Quest with a new protagonist, um, and it's sci-fi, and they battle robots, and. If you thought the Beast Quest names were good, oh my god, they're so good. <laughs> Gubbix, the Poison Fish. Oh, hell is yeah. Amazing. Loose Jaw, the Nightmare Fish. Tetrax, the Swamp Crocodile. Cephalox, the Cyber Squid. Uh, these books sound way better. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, that's it. That wraps it up for, for this week. But please do tune in to the Comedy Talk podcast next week, uh, where we'll be doing a drunk screenplay where people will have watched a movie while drunk, uh, rewritten it while drunk, and acting it out while sober, um, I believe. <laughs> I should know. I'm on it. Uh, there was, do, do you know what, 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 what movie we're doing, Chris? Uh, to be decided. So just to don't ask me that. <laughs> Interesting. Um, it, yeah, but thank you guys so much for, for listening, and we'll see you next week. Beast Jest is a comedy sock production hosted by Hearing Cobra, starring Chris Wilkinson, Sophie Wagstaff, and Ted Cartwright, with music by Emily Brighty and editing by Harry Cole.